Hey, y'all, we want to take a second here to go ahead and give a shout out to our favorite mortgage lender and the official lender of the Hunt Lift Eat podcast. That's Casey Burns. He's a mortgage broker with Prime Lending. I bought my house here in Colorado with Casey and I refinanced the property in Tennessee. And I was going to use Casey for that because I had such a great experience. And Casey told me, hey, man, like I'll be straight up with you. I can't. I can't match this other offer. So go with these other guys. Well, I went with those other guys and I regretted it. It was like a three month process for the refi. When I, when I bought my house here in Colorado, it was the easiest transaction for real estate I've ever had in my life. He handles everything. Like he has the heart of an educator, the heart of a teacher. And that's why we recommend him. I've known him for 10 years. I was best friends with his brother in college. I'm still good friends with Casey to this day. And we, we recommend him because of how good he is. So if you want to utilize Casey, give him a call, find out any information. Give him a shout at 919-710-1864. Or you can also reach him at email at casey.burns at primelending.com. And also go check out his website. Get all of his reviews at www.closewithkc.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hunt Lifty Podcast. I'm your host, Luke. Running solo on the hosting today. Uh, Perry's off doing some work stuff. So I've got Pete Sutherland in the house. He's our resident HLE uh, team member and handles all of our training programming what's going on man what's up man good to be back yeah we just wolfed down some food and gonna knock out a, a quick podcast here we uh we want to talk about training uh kind of had the idea during our tuesday tips episode this past week evan started talking about the tip if you guys haven't listened he was talking about if you're gonna do your own programming basically you need to write it down um, and then also keep a log of your workouts and it makes a lot of sense, right? Because if you put it on the paper and you design your programs out and you've got them written down, you're much more likely to do them and follow the program versus it's like this idea in your head of what you're going to do for your workout. With that, not everybody has the ability to actually do their own programming, either for due to time or due to a knowledge gap within uh, what they know about training and doing uh, a workout routine, different methodologies, that sort of thing based on their goals. Or if you're like me, I do what I kind of coined as like comfort programming, where I end up just doing programming for shit that I like to do. So for me, it's a lot of heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, and then short kind of metabolic conditioning workouts that I, I really enjoy. No, man. And I think we all fall into that trap, and I did for years, uh, which is why like for, oh gosh, two, three years, like refused to do um, any other uh any program that like I read for myself um, and, and just started to, like a huge breakthrough in my fitness was just choosing a workout program, acknowledging that uh, it might not be perfect or might not be exactly what I want. Uh, but it, like for that four to eight, 12, 10 weeks, whatever it was, like, I would follow it to the letter. And if I didn't, I would like look at it beforehand and make changes before I started it like weeks in advance. So, and then once I got to that day, like I stuck to that day and it was a, that was like a significant breakthrough in my fitness because if you're deciding what you, if you're thinking about what you want to do when you go into the gym, as you're walking in the gym, like you, you might as well turn around and go back to bed. Like you're, you're, you're not, you're not going to, you might have a good workout that day. You're not going to progress over any long frame of time. Yeah. It stops. It's kind of that popcorn effect. And honestly, it's something you see a ton in the army. And I always say like really across the army, our biggest issue with fitness is that we don't do any sort of training. We just exercise. We just do random workouts with no sort of progression or deliberate, you know, like in state for what you're trying to do for your goals to to have that steady, consistent progression throughout the entire uh, program. Because like nothing's even like set times. Like 
we don't do anything based on cycles. We don't do anything based on time. It's something that's always frustrated me with how the army kind of runs fitness. And I think a lot of people do that in their personal lives as well. Uh, yeah. And, and to your point and we'll kind of a sneak peek about what we'll talk about later, but like with the two programs we just released, um, on uh, hunt lift eat that that i wrote i actually programmed the last weeks of each of those first um and then worked my way backwards and then like worked my way forward again to to scrub it all because you got to start with the end in mind um because that's ultimately like where you want to be uh and 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 that i found it to be like a, a, a also a huge breakthrough in the way that i build workouts is like literally starting with the end in mind I'm like all right where do we want to be what are the goals and the time frame and everything, and then working back from there. So, yeah, man, it makes perfect sense. We, do, you know, when we plan in the army, we call it backwards planning. Like you get to where you're going, and then you work back. And it's the same thing for everything I do it with hunt, lift, eat, with running the the apparel side. I do set like, okay, the products are going to drop at this date. Like, let me build my marketing strategy backwards from there. And so, it's it kind of seems like a no brainer, but I think it's something I know I didn't do for the majority of my time training. And it's also something that I think a lot of folks don't do. And so if you are one of those folks that wants to build out their own program, and just like Pete said, having those either four, eight, 12-week cycles that are built out, set whatever your goal is, and then build out backwards from there will then set you guys up for the most success. But I think because there's a lot of different options out there. Like you can do your own programming, but you can also do what I – and honestly, I think this is the best option, and that's just hiring a coach. Um, having the coach makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways for a lot of people because it's that accountability. That's like a, a big one that a lot of folks need. And you're, and the problem with coaching can be, um, it really just comes down to the price. You're looking at anywhere from 100 to $250 a month, depending on the level of coaching and the level of, you know, you get, kind of get what you pay for, just like with anything else. And uh, I've had a coach on and off. I actually had Anthony coach me for a while. And it was great. Um, I did a couple months with him. I loved the programming. But the problem with me is my schedule is so erratic. And then, like, if I miss a workout, I, like, really feel shitty because I feel like, you know, I, don't, I feel like I don't have as much flexibility to where I, I like, kind of stresses me out with, like, having some erraticism in my schedule. Uh, and so if I can kind of handle my own programming uh, and have that control, I, it's a lot better for me personally. Yeah, I, I agree, especially about the – well, there's also something about – like the mental aspect of actually investing um, like dollars into something um, that I think whether it's, I've done, I've got a lot less personal experience with having been coached, um, although I have been, uh, than, than just actually like paying for subscriptions and stuff like that. Cause like I'm, I'm paying for this product or I paid for this program and I get less value out of it if I don't use it. It's almost like <laughs> it's almost like when you're at a buffet, you feel like that every time you go back to the <laughs> to the food line, it's like, oh, this it just made every like the cost of every food item on average cheaper. Like the, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it's just like this mental aspect to it. You got to make sure you eat your $15 worth at the Golden Corral. <laughs> well, it's the same like I think that's a excuse me, that's a pretty big you know, driving force behind the whole concept of like CrossFit. One is their price point so high that when you're paying for it, it's like, Hey, I got to go to the CrossFit gym. I got to go. I'm paying fucking 200 bucks a month or whatever to go to this gym and do these workouts. And I've, I've cross done CrossFit here and there, uh, in different gyms. And like, I definitely feel that way. It's like, if I skip, if you're paying for like an unlimited membership and then you skip a day, 
like all of a sudden your your cost averaging goes you know way fucking higher yeah yeah absolutely i mean even i don't know i've that's like uh i don't know that's a tool that i've used uh i mean that's a tool i used to run the first marathon i was like debating it or whatever i was like you know, screw it. I'm just going to buy this thing. Cause you have to pay for those. Right. Like, and I'm like, well, now that I, you know, paid 110 bucks to the marathon that turned out to be virtual, uh, <laughs> like I've got, I've got to stick to this thing now. Um, but yeah, and it, it, it works. Um, but, and it, there's also something to, um, for me having a program that someone else wrote, uh, is a big, it takes now it's now it makes it instead of me versus me and negotiating with myself and all this, it's now like me versus uh, the program. It's like, I'm, I'm, I am like in a, I mean, a competitive person. Like I'm like fighting against the, the whether or not that this, this workout is going to beat me or I'm going to beat it every day. And it makes it like, I don't know. And maybe I'm weird, but like, uh, I, I makes it feel like I'm competing against the program every day as opposed to like negotiating with myself. Like, Ooh, was that, if it, once it gets hard, like, Oh, uh, was I even smart to like write it this way? Like, did I program too much? Like, is it, was that I bite off more than I can chew versus if, if there's this aspect of like, if someone else wrote it, then you just kind of don't even ask yourself that question because you assume like, Oh, it has to make sense because someone else did it that presumably knows more than you do, or maybe they don't. But, uh, you know, if you, you go on some listicle that's tell you, you you're going to get a six pack in like four weeks or whatever. But uh, anyway, that so I took that like mental questioning aspect out of it uh, for me, starting to actually uh, use other people's programming. And you also learn a lot uh, from dabbling because um, you can kind of see commonalities and approaches that, that different people and different uh, companies and organizations use, whether it's Rob Shaw or Mountain Strong or Soft Lead or whatever it is. So. Yeah, man, what you said about the program, I, I kind of, I've always, in my head, I've never said this out loud, but I just always think about it like I'm fighting the paper, like, yeah, it's on the yeah. paper, I've got to, I've got to do it, and if I, I don't, you know, like, I'll do workouts with, with folks, and it's like, and we're doing, like, some programming, and they're like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm good, I'm done here, I'm like, no, like, it's, it's on the paper, like, we got to do it, we got to finish it now, like, we got this far, we're not just gonna, it's, it's like quitting, if you, if it's written down, it's on the paper, and then yeah. you don't do it, you know, it's not like, if it's in your head, it's easy, I, I'm the, king of rationalization so it's like <laughs> oh you know this was supposed to be a 10 round workout but like you know i'm just getting back into it. i'm just gonna do five and like in, in a month i'll do 10 or like yeah. some bullshit like that where you're playing these you get into these mind games with yourself and so th- i think that's whether you have a coach for accountability or whether you have a, a dedicated program whether that's one that you're building for yourself or if you're getting from you know a third party it's really important to have some sort of dedicated uh you know, training, I don't want to say training program, but like a, a training progression that is built out and you can see it over a, a certain period of time, whether that's four weeks, like obviously we, we've talked about the couch to mountain program, you know, four weeks is a good way to kind of get jump started into something, but you really need something longer, long term to see those tangible results. Cause any of these programs that are like, Oh, you're going to lose 30 pounds and you know, two weeks or 21 days to six pack abs or all this bullshit you see across social media. Like it's not real. It takes hard work over a long period of time. Yeah, I agree. And, um, I don't know if you, you, you want me to talk like how the, the approach I use to, to program now. Yeah, yeah, we can, we can go into that. And this is good. Cause a lot of the, the, these techniques, if you aren't interested in any of our programming or somebody else's, you can use these same techniques and apply it to your own program and like how you build out 
like your training methodology based on your goals. So yeah, Pete, go ahead. Let's talk about that. All right. So um, we'll use the uh, the magnet training program, the strength and endurance one, which is the like final form of uh, what I use still to this day to to do the the strength and marathon training. Um, you start with your big rocks, right? So using the concept of um, sort of, or combining the concepts of like neurological cut, meaning, you know, can you only fit so much in your training day or week or month or whatever it is? Um, or, or I think we've all heard the analogy of like time management where you've got to put, if you've got like rocks and pebbles and sand and water, you can all fit it in the jar, but not if you start with the water and then add the sand and then the pebbles and the rocks, you got to put the rocks in first and then the small stuff and then the, the sand and the water, right. To, to, then it can all fit, but not if you do it the reverse. So, um, and the strength and endurance, um, program our big rocks are the weightlifting and the running. Okay. So you start, and I'd say the biggest rock, uh, just based off of sort of number of sessions per week is the strength training. So I start with planning all of that out side by side week over week. So all of the squat protocols, like I look at every single, you know, squat is on Monday and I, I, I build every single Monday squat program side uh, or, or protocol side by side. Right. And then I go into bench and deadlift or overhead press or whatever it is. In this case, there's not a lot of variation in between the protocols. Um, actually I don't, there's not any variation in the main lifts. So that part's easy, but then you say, okay, that's the biggest rock. You've got that planned. Um, and now you plan, your next rock side by side. So plan week one's aerobic endurance workout next to week two's next to week three's next to week four's. And you see, and you build that progression in side by side, as opposed to trying to build week one in its entirety and then week two and then week three. That makes a ton of sense. And I didn't even realize it honestly until you were just talking, but I don't, I'm a big whiteboards. I really like whiteboards and I've got like a four month calendar and that's how, when I do my own pre- or training programming, I really like to put it on there instead of writing it down on the piece of paper. And what I realized as you were just talking was the reason I do like that is because I can see every single, like every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, all in line. And yeah. then that's how I build my progression. And even if I go week by week, I can still see what I did the last week yep. and immediately build it. And that's a really good way to arrange your programming because you can see the whole thing as it unfolds in one spot instead of trying to do it by memory week by week. And then you get slight variations or you're doing the same thing or you're doing something like way out of left field. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And then, um, you know, to, to kind of further elaborate on that, you, you know, okay. The, the main running event of the week is your long run on Wednesday. We've also got intervals on Tuesday and so now when you fit those intervals in, you don't plan those in a vacuum because you've got your big rocks in. Um, and you say, okay, on the week, like the first week you bust out um, you know, any any mileage peak week. So like uh, you've got an eight miler in week. Oh, let's see what it is. I'll call it week. Yeah, 10. It's 11. Uh, yeah, week 11, I think. Yeah. Um, that is not the week you're like, you're going to bust your ass on tuesday intervals you know what i'm saying that's like a lighter running day um because you fit those biggest big rocks in now if you did it reverse uh and and vice versa you also don't have big running weeks on the days that you're trying to hit like rep maxes right so uh that's 
that's if you did it all in reverse and just playing it week over week, then it, it's hard to get progression in there and see it all for yourself. Um, that's a method I use. That's and you obviously use a pretty similar method, um, but I think that allows you to see um, your volume, whether it's like under a barbell, your volume or rep volume over time and how it periodizes and fluctuates or your mileage and how it periodizes and fluctuates. And then um, in between all that, you can account for all the, all the small rocks. So any assistance work, um, uh, core abs, stuff like that. And then once you overlay it all, then you kind of, like I said, I start and work backwards and then work when I work forwards, I kind of scrub it against each other. That's when I look at one week at a time and say like, okay, did I do anything not smart here? Did I plan like a 20 minute core circuit on a day that you're doing 10 sets of squats? Like probably not like a good time to, 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 to do that. Or did I plan that long core circuit on top of like a 10 mile run? Like, okay, let's maybe just like not do any of that day. Right. Cause you just ran 10 miles. Um, and that, that's the, that's the approach I use for any kind of program I do for myself or anyone else. Uh, is to lay all of the sort of like lines of effort or like your lines of focus out uh, first and program all of those side by side week over week and then cross check the weeks for sort of that, the common sense check. Um, and I think it yields like pretty, pretty good results and pretty um, attainable programs that, that don't, there's a few workouts that you're like, man, that, that shit sucked. But um, for the most part, you know, it's, it's good, consistent work every day. Yeah, I'm on day two, and I can tell you the first two days suck, but it's good. <laughs> no, like, I think all that's really important because um, a lot of people don't understand that. And, it, like, like I said, like, even within the military, which you would think would be a very physically, f- you know, physical fitness-driven organization um, through the different branches of the military, especially like the Army infantry world where we're supposed to be, you know, relatively in shape, very few people actually build out training programs that way, which – is a problem. And that's one of the reasons why we see a lot of plateauing across the board. Um, you can get by just doing exercise. And this is honestly my biggest issue with CrossFit at most gyms. Uh, when you just go to a CrossFit gym and you just do a daily wad, there's no progression. It's just kind of a random workout. Like you might, if it's a good gym, you might have some sort of strength at the beginning. Um, and then that might have some sort of progression, but a lot of times it's just kind of random, the rep schemes and, the different Metcons you're doing, there's there's nothing that is building towards any set goal. And that is fine if all you're trying to do is just maintain some general level of physical fitness. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you have specific goals that you're trying to reach, or if you're trying to if you want to run a marathon, if you want to be prepared for the mountain, if you're trying to if you're in the military and you want to go to some sort of, you know, selection, ranger school, like you've got this big end end game of a goal that you need to train for, you need to have something that's been deliberately mapped and programmed out and you can a hundred percent do it yourself if you educate yourself and you have that knowledge base uh, but it's something that folks need to truly understand because if you don't it, it, you can work really really hard at a workout and if it's not built the right way you're kind of taking you know two steps forward one step back and or if you're doing too much week after week after week and you're and i used to do this all the time where i was just overtraining eventually you're going to see some you know, fairly significant gains, but then you're going to start to either plateau and even drop off as you just wear your body down. So you have to understand when to ramp it up, when to fucking bring it back, when to incorporate your deload weeks and all that. So yeah, it's, it's good shit, man. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree that, um, if you don't have 
like, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but like starting with the end in mind here is um, understanding where you want to be and, and, and coming off of that. And because if you, if you don't start with that uh, and, and figuring out how to peak, whether, like you said, I think the, the to talk, cause not everyone's going to be trying to do a powerlifting meet or a marathon or whatever, but like something that is pretty applicable is, um, a, you know, a big backcountry hunt or a, a, like a military school, like, you know, some sort of, sort of selection or something like that. You've got to, you got to start with that um, and then plan everything off there. And you're in, having your end game in mind and, you know, the backwards planning is important, but I also think you need to know and acknowledge where you're at now. And because that's another thing that I think a lot of folks oversell in their head to where they're at because they think about, oh, last time I was training, I could, you know, I, I, I could de- deadlift 500 for reps. It's like, well, when was the last time you deadlifted? Oh, it's been like three, four months. Probably can't deadlift 500 for reps anymore. Yeah. And so having that good hard look and, and actually doing like a, a, a real assessment before you start, I think is also something that's important. Well, speaking of real assessment, and that's something for anyone that's trying to get back into um, into lifting, um, I don't think it applies as much with, with running, but lifting in particular. Say uh, two, three, four years ago, you could bench press, uh, you know, 350, 400 pounds, but you haven't bench pressed a lot since then. Um, and maybe it's at like 275 now. You're probably going to see that number or whatever whatever exercise it is spike up in like three four maybe six months and get back to where you were pretty quickly your body already knows how to do that and you need to be um you need to be mentally ready to hit that plateau at your old pr i think i've seen that with myself i've seen it with a lot of people that i've worked with um that they'll come up and and hit massive strength gains and a lot of the people i've worked with that that show the most improvement at first um, way at a way faster rate than, than other people. I asked them what their all-time PR was, whether it was 10 years ago in high school or three years ago on a deployment or something like that. And it almost always, they, they level back out to that old PR within, I'd say, four to six months of consistent training. But then after that, a whole different ball game, right? Um, and you've really got to, that's when you got to kind of know You've taken that honest assessment of where you're at and to kind of see that on the horizon, then almost like that false peak in a way and know that, all right, it's, it does not get – this trajectory does not maintain itself for the rest of your life. Otherwise, we'd all be 900-pound squatters. You know? <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I don't – I'm not a fucking scientist. I don't know all the the specifics of this. But, like, there's the whole bro science thing of, like, oh, it's, it's you know muscle memory, like your muscles remember. And that's a very oversimplified and not really true uh, – kind of way to put it but there is something to that that you do quickly regain the strength that you you've had so like once you once you build muscle it's a lot harder to lose muscle than a lot of people think what's actually happening is it's the muscle mind connection that degrades very very quickly and that's one of the reasons why you can get it back so quickly is because you might have kind of the bones it's probably not a good term because I'm talking about anatomy but like you, you've got like the base of the, the strength is still there let me let me let me i got you okay. i got i got Explain i got a little this. bit all right so there's two uh, ways that you can increase strength and probably account for 90 percent of strength gains other than technique um hypertrophy which is building muscle like more muscle more strength duh uh and neurological adaptations which is actually physically training more of your motor neurons to fire at the same time 
Uh, so think uh, in your and your motor neurons control different amounts of muscle fibers. Um, so in your hand, uh, you you know one motor neuron. It's it's the difference between like fine and gross motor skills. We've all had heard that term. But like in your hand, uh, you obviously you're writing with it. Uh, you're you're pointing and doing fine motor movements. So your motor neurons only control maybe. Uh, this is where the, I, my knowledge kind of falls apart, but like say three or four muscle fibers. Now in your quad, a motor neuron is controlling like up to a hundred, like when it fires, like a hundred muscle fibers fire at one time. And what you're talking about, Luke, is the degrading of that, that muscle mind connection is that neurological adaptation regressing. And so you're no longer have, your body doesn't think that it needs to know how to fire all of those motor motor neurons in sequence and simultaneously. Um, and so aside from gaining strength, you can teach your body that like, um, that, that's where the saying like strength is a skill. Like you're literally teaching your body uh, neurologically that it needs to fire all of those in a more efficient and simultaneous manner. Um, and that accounts for a lot of that quick, um, quick gain back to an old PR because your body knew it once so it's like, oh, yeah, it remembers faster than if you're building those new neurological connections from scratch. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. That's why I bring guys like Pete on this podcast, because if it was just me, I'd just be making dumb gorilla noises into the microphone. Yeah, you, you say you're not a scientist all the time, but I don't think anyone has ever asked you if you're a scientist or not. <laughs> I mean, look at me. I clearly look like I'm a scientist. <laughs> oh, shit. No, but I mean, that's that's great shit, man. And you did word that significantly better than I fumble-fucked through. Because um, it's something that I, I think a lot of people have seen. I know I have. That's when I first started like looking into it and, and kind of reading about it a little bit. That's what I kind of realized. And Because it takes, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is typically it takes anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks to actually st- – usually to start building new muscle through a, a hypertrophy. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. And But you will see significant strength gains exactly through the neurological adaptations that you see a lot of in the first. In fact, uh, the whatever, what's it called, where the, the literature review uh, that I read uh, when I was studying for the CSCS test, as like, I think it was like, 80 to 90% of your strength gains in the, in the first three, 12 to 16, or it's three months, 12 to 16 weeks, whatever, are is um, accountable for, I'm messing, fumbling my words now, but it's, it can be accounted by the neurological training, the, the new neurological connections and not muscle growth. Yeah. And so I used to make this point when I was a basic training company commander. Um, I had, I was, I was on Fort Benning on Sand Hill, but I had like the soft scale MOS. I didn't, wasn't part of infantry OSET for folks who know, knows what that is. Um, and so we had a 10-week basic training cycle. And as the Army is implementing this new PT test, I kept trying to bring up to a lot of folks, senior leaders, as they would come down to talk to us at the company level about how it's, it's not a super realistic expectation for us to take guys off the street at uh, that a lot of these guys have never touched a weight. They have only played video games. That's why you see a lot of hip injuries in the army because their bone density throughout their lives is extremely weak because they were never had, they were never like under any sort of load throughout the time they grew up. They weren't lifting weights. They weren't playing sports. They weren't having any impact. So they've got very soft muscles. And so, 
or excuse me, soft bones, and then they also have underdeveloped muscles. And it's not all of them. A lot of them are, we do get some studs that come in that played sports, and it's just very apparent who's who. But to take these guys and in 10 weeks expect them to be able to pass an ACFT if they've never touched a weight, and a guy weighs 120 pounds, and you now he's got a deadlift, whatever the minimum is, 180, it's like that that may not be a very realistic expectation. Yeah, well, and to be clear for everyone that might not know the difference between the old PT test and the new PT test, the old PT test was two minutes push-ups, two minutes sit-ups, and a two-mile run. That's it. And now the new PT test has a variety of events, one of which is a three-rep max uh, trap bar deadlift. So, so it's actually measuring strength. And to Luke's point, like what we just talked about, you know, you can't put significant – you can't make significant and lasting strength gains – and the amount of time that we are, you know, pushing these soldiers through their initial training program. So uh, it's a difficult obstacle to overcome uh, when, like you said, the majority of our population uh, is not capable of, of doing that because they haven't had the lifestyle that we did in the 60s and 70s. And if you look at the the rate of knee injuries in juveniles and and youth sports is directly inversely correlated to the uh, popularity of like bikes, like riding like puffies bikes around like the block. Oh, that's Uh, interesting. And sorry, it like, so like the less America read bikes and the more we played Xbox, that's when, um, you know, you started to see 12 year olds getting their ACLs torn in football. I mean, obviously it happened before. Like you take a helmet to the shin, like you're, something's going to give. But yeah, like but the little 100%. minor tweaks yeah. where like I cut wrong on the court or something like it that. It makes 100% sense. Well, because starting very young, and we're kind of going off on a tangent here. Yeah, we- <laughs> that's that's how you, well, we, they're used to it. <laughs> that's like during your formative years, like during your physical development as a toddler up until, you know, I think I physically peaked probably in like eighth grade. I stopped growing after that. Uh, but, you know, th- through that, what you do impacts you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And this, it's funny because we, we were talking about this uh, with deer genetics and how the nutrition that a young buck gets from his mom will play a direct role in uh, his, not his genetics, but his growth, body size, and antler growth throughout the rest of his life. Interesting. And so he might still have genetics that are <clears throat> superior that he could then pass on to another buck that would then outgrow him based on the nutrition. The nutrition matters far more than the genetics in the deer world. And I, I mean, it, it, it's only common sense to me that it also directly applies to the human, you know, the, or to hum, humans as well. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're mammals too. Yeah, so exactly. Um, but it's, it's, it, I've always thought that was kind of interesting too, is like, we know we like take all this stuff for like from studies from animals, but then we never like, and I know you can't, it's not apples to apples. You can't just apply them. But I think a lot of the broader concepts are probably fairly relevant for like the importance of like, you know, the mother's nutrition while she's breastfeeding for a young buck is probably also, as I have a wife who's about to have a baby is something that I also think about is like how important is what she's consuming to the breast milk to the child, how that's going to affect him and his growth and development through the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's a good point. Man, how did we even get here? I don't know. We, we went off. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> all this is important, right? It's, it's the overall concept of just about having a deliberate 
you know, path to your training goals. And that's whether that's through your own programming, through a coach or through, you know, purchase programming, it's really important. And obviously nutrition plays a significant part of that as well, but that's a podcast for another day where we probably need to bring Anthony on because he's our resident nutritionist because me or Pete are not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that is not my area of expertise at all. You can take one look at my beer gut. No, I'm not the guy to talk to about <laughs> nutrition. <laughs> oh man. But you know, all this ties back into one of the reasons why I wanted to start developing programming for HLE and one, my knowledge gap and two, just really time wasn't going to allow that. There's no way that I was going to be able to, I would love at some point I want to get some strength and conditioning certs and learn a lot more of the technical knowledge that like what Pete just spit out and I can be a little more eloquent. And as I try to explain uh, concepts that I don't truly understand right now, but I just can't do that. And so it was perfect with Pete is he just got, you want to talk about your cert that you just, yeah, man. Um, so as of, uh, June 30th, I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the national strength and conditioning association. Um, so studied for that for about four months, learned a hell of a lot. Um, had to unlearn a few things, uh, but now, so officially got some letters behind my name, um, which I don't know makes me feel good because I'm not just like a I feel like I'm not just like a guy, just just like says stuff now. You know, it's <laughs> I feel really attacked. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like before, I'm just like I was like, uh, what what gives you the credibility to like say this, Pete? And you're just like a dude that worked out. I don't know, uh, but now it's like I know. I know why I think what I think. I, as, as, it, that was the cool part about about that certification. I can really relate to the first part of that where you said, "I'm what qualifies you to say this? Cause that's literally how I feel about it on every single podcast. <laughs> <that I recall. laughs> well, the good part is there's no like hunting uh, specialist certification. Or maybe there is, but like I don't know who, I don't who know. actually I just, listens to it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I've never heard. Maybe I think that's what we'll, we'll get into. You can get like, you know, Luke Cox, HLE next to your name. Yeah, <laughs> Those will be the letters. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. No, but I mean, it, it worked out perfect because you were already wanting to do that. You're wanting to get into programming. It's something you had started doing on your own already. Uh, I mean, the, this, the, the Magni or Magni, however we're going to say it, program has been we, we, various. We said Magni. We said Magni. We said Magni? Yeah. Magni. Sorry. Guys, it's <clears throat> not even an English word. It's it, a... You want to give a background on that? Like, yeah, sure. Or do me? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we were just trying to figure out like a naming convention, and <clears throat> you know, with I don't know, a lot of influences with I think kind of with hunting culture and military and all that, it kind of like Viking thing and Norse, and I'm, I have some Scandinavian uh, heritage and I also have Celtic heritage, and so I thought, and yeah, so does so does you know Peter Sunderland Sunderland over here. <laughs> um, He's got definitely got some Germanic in him. And so it kind of made sense. I was looking, I was like, oh, you know, and it, I thought it'd be kind of hokey if we did uh, all like the big Norse gods like Thor and Odin and all that. So I found a lot of like either we're going to probably go with like Celtic or Norse, like lesser known gods and heroes. And eventually the history nerd in me, I might do a little like history blurb on the front of each one uh, for the program. Cause there's a, there's like a deliberate reason why I pick each name for each program. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what we went with. So, so Magni, it means strength. It was one of the sons of Thor. Uh, he's got a brother named Modi, which means wrath. So we'll probably have a Modi program at some point. And then, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how we got to the programming names. And I think they kind of make sense, but I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, uh, I think they sound a lot better than strength times endurance. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the brand guy here. So like, <laughs> I, I think you did a good job, man. 
I'll let, um, you, let you talk about neurological cups and I'll come up with names for shit. <laughs> <laughs> we all know our role. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so yeah, I, I guess uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, those, those programs that we're offering now. Um, yeah. So we've decided to offer the programming. Most of you guys know we had the couch to mountain program, which we, with the new naming convention we came up with, we renamed that I dune. Um, so it's the I dune couch to mountain by HLE. And so that one is still free. It'll always be free. And that's, Literally, one, it's for people to kind of get a preview of what Pete's kind of programming is. And it's also that, like, I really am all about if guys just want to buy that or get that one program for free and just recycle it, use that as a base, and just get active. Like, at the end of the day, I want everybody to meet their goals, be active, and just overall, like, get more physically fit. Because I think it's a really big problem in this country, especially, like, coming off COVID. And you look at the research, and, like, the best way to mitigate COVID is just to be in shape. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that can be maybe, a whole other we'll leave podcast. that can of worms closed yeah. maybe for this podcast. Um, no, and to Luke's point, I actually had a dude reach out to me last week and he uh, no idea who he was. and um, But it's just like, hey, thanks for the program. Uh, and he actually spent, I think, seven weeks on it because the approach he used talking about, you know, re- uh, rinsing, rewash, rinse, wash, repeat. Geez, sorry. Um was that he was like, all right, I, I couldn't do we all of week one. I had to like quit early because I just was like incapable of finishing it. And so I just like did week one twice and like second week I could do it all. And then I moved on to the second week. Um, and I, I would repeat the weeks if I couldn't do the whole workout that week. Uh, and it turned into a, I think seven or eight week program for him. And at the end he was able to do like all of it. Um, and, and had some significant, I think he said he lost like five or 10 pounds in four weeks. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So good for him. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, or anything else you want to say about Iden there? No, I mean, it's just, you know, and then after Iden, you know, it's a four week program. We, one of the previous podcasts when we talked about the programming was four weeks is really just to get you started. It's, it's an on-ramp. It's not a, it's not a complete, you're not going to see, depending on your level of fitness already, you're not going to see massive gains. You'll see some, but to really get that, that's why we talk about like the 12 weeks, to like truly start to build new muscle. It takes, you know, within that first 12 weeks, you're probably seeing a lot of the, whatever the neuron firing thing you were talking about. Neurological adaptation. Yeah. Whatever. I, I, muscle mind connection. That's, that's what I say. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and, it, and you see all that. Uh, so, so 12 was pretty deliberate. I, we're talking about tier now tyr which is the follow-on to iden um and that's we're calling it the tier mountain prep program uh and like Lou has talked about it's it's 12 weeks of the same type of programming that the couch to mountain is with the exact same equipment requirements um which we did very deliberately uh and you'll see there's actually this is a, a long enough amount of time to actually show some progression um, and you, there's a couple of key, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Baseline workouts that repeat themselves over the course of the several weeks. Um, a couple of different strength protocols that, uh, I think there's a total of six different functional strength protocols that repeat themselves in a scaled fashion over the course of the 12 weeks. The, the core work does the same thing, and so does the aerobic capacity and the, the anaerobic endurance. Um, I'm really excited to see what the uh, – I mean, if people are getting good results out of the four-week version of this, like what the 12-week version could do. Because uh, 
and again, it's so attainable because uh, it was it was actually really a challenge to scale everything um, with by keeping the same equipment um, and do so in a way that was actually attainable. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm proud about this because the easy button answer is oh, like on week one you did ten rounds. Well, week four you're going to do you know thirteen rounds. Um, because you can't just make your sandbag heavier. You can't just make your dumbbells heavier because sort of like our promise to you or my promise to you with your couch mountain program is that you weren't going to have to build out your garage gym or get a gym membership in order to do this. Um, so sticking to that, um, I think we, we landed on a really good, uh, product and program here, um, that actually has that scaling, um, and, you don't necessarily need to do the couch to mountain program in order to start this because uh, there is automatic scalability built into this. Meaning, you know, if, if it's easy, do it faster. If it's hard, take longer type thing. Uh, but I would, the couch to mountain program would probably still be a good starting point before you jump into this. And then now that's effectively 16 full weeks of program um, with what like $150 worth of equipment tops um, yes you know it depending on the, the you know if you're buying rogue versus walmart brand dumbbells and shit <laughs> yeah you know, 150 300 bucks and you know with the the good thing about us and one of the reasons once again why i wanted to have a free program is that this program isn't going to be for everybody there's guys that just want to go get a pump they just want to get you know big biceps and or they just want to lift heavy weight or they just want to run and that's absolutely okay like that is completely fine. There's nothing wrong. Like train, however it works for you to train. These programs are built specifically for the person that wants to go out on either you know a backcountry hunt in the mountains of Colorado, or you know for a ten day hunt where you're going to be carrying heavy loads. You're going to have heart rate spikes. You know as you're walking up a mountain with sixty pounds on your back, and you're going to have to get your or you're moving quickly to, you know, to get to an area to make a shot and you've got to get your heart rate to drop back down. Like there's very deliberate programming based on when I told Pete, like, okay, this is, this is the type of stress that you go through, you know, on a 10 day, you know, hunt, or this is the type of stress that you go to in like, obviously we both have a military background. And so these are also very applicable to military training as well. Um, which I really like. And you know, the, the tier one is the con- continuation of the, the couch to mountain. And we've talked about Magni a little bit with like how we built it. But what I really like about the Magni, that's the program I'm doing. And that's the program I'll probably do the most of because I still really, really enjoy barbell work. I understand sandbag work uh, and it's good. And there's shifting loads. It works to, uh, you know, stabilization muscles and like different parts of your body, which is very ap- applicable to a, a mountain hunt. But I just personally enjoy barbell work. And so the magnet program appeals to me. So do you kind of want to talk about the background on that? Like how you built it, how it's been like a work in progress over the last 18 months on all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is, uh, the programming methodology that I still use. Um, and it is probably, it isn't, it isn't a hundred percent the program that I used to do all this, uh, because I learned a lot with that. Like this is the refined version of, uh, what I used between April of 2020 and October of 2020. Uh, for those of us, you guys that have listened to podcasts before, you've probably heard these numbers. Um, but in that uh, six to eight month time span, depending on how you market, um, 
I was able to, using this programming methodology, throw um, 100 pounds on my squat max and my deadlift max, 60 pounds on my bench max, run my first marathon, and then run my second marathon 48 minutes faster than the first one, um, all at the same time. Uh, ran less than 10 miles on average per week and only hit double-digit mileage. Um, it was like three or four times in the, the six months in between the two marathons while cutting all that time off and getting stronger. Um, so that's the programming methodology that I've used for myself over the last 18 months and kind of have developed and refined. Um, the MAG-9 program is the uh, end result of me personally doing five uh, eight to 12 week iterations, macro cycles uh, or meso cycles, whatever, depending on how you measure that, but five to eight to 12 week iterations of this style of programming and then using it with um, a dozen or so um, friends and coworkers. Uh, and I actually added it all up uh, and what led the, the combined like training weeks that led into this program is 280 training weeks between me and the people that have used this programming um, led into this, which is that's awesome. It's a pretty significant sample size. Is that almost like that's like five and a half years of of training? Yeah, public math. Don't put me on the spot with math. Five, we'll go with five and a half. Yeah, yeah sure. Two eighty. Yeah, five and a half. Yeah, five and a half years of training. Yeah. Um. So, and of those dozen or so people, um, obviously, it's not statistically significant enough to. Uh, you know, write a five point three eight four. Thank you. Yeah, he de- you, you did that in your head, right, Luke? One hundred percent. So of those, the the I already gave you my numbers. Whatever. Um, who cares about that? But the people that I've worked with, that most of which have a physical fitness background, like they're mind you, they're not powerlifting athletes, they're not marathon runners. Um, but on average, in a twelve week time frame. Um, added 10 to 15% to all of their, their big three numbers, the squat bench and deadlift while running, um, 10 miles. In fact, the, the, a group that I work with at work, uh, last month ran 10 miles one week and then turned around and had max week the next week, um, which is reverse how I do it. But, uh, ran 10 miles on a Wednesday and then had max week the next week. And every single one of them hit, uh, all-time PRs um, on the big three lifts um, within a week of running 10 miles. Every single one of them did. Um, so that like that was super cool to see. Um, so I think if you're if you're someone that's like has a lifting background but not uh, like you're not necessarily a strength athlete, like t- a 10 to 15 percent increase is like pretty um, reasonable to actually expect in the this 14 week program. Um, don't worry though. You're not actually running a marathon at the end of it. Um, we keep we uh, you've got a max week where you actually get a one rep max, and at the end of that, uh, we we peak you out at a half marathon. Um, if you do this program, I would highly encourage you to uh, when you get it, find an actual half marathon to sign up for, and then like backwards, just make that your week 14. Um, you know, run an organized half marathon if it's your first one. Make that week 14, and then back you know, date everything off of that to start off of. And then you, I promise you, you'll be the only one at that race that maxed on bench squat and deadlift, uh, that showed up to run the half marathon that day. Um, and only you will know it, but it'll be a pretty cool feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
what I love about this pro- program is like for a lot of a lot of guys like me like to lift, like the strength aspect. And it's what we've talked about in the past. It's you. Know, it's always been like it's like I'm either running and I'm training on my run because I suck at running, or I'm lifting. It, it, it's always either or, and I've never done a really good job of balancing the two. And this program really does that. And it, I don't. I'm not getting so much mileage that I start to hurt, which I typically when I'm trying to train for running, I, I what, to feel like I'm actually starting to get some adapt, adaptation. It's like I'm running like 30 mile fucking weeks, which I don't think is what I need to do. Well, and it's also not possible to do that and get stronger at the same time. Like I'm, I'll be the first one to say there are ways uh, and more efficient ways to get stronger than this. And there are ways in more efficient ways to get faster and put endurance on than this, but you're not going to do both of those ways at the same time. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, 100%. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, sure. Uh, busting out, being able to do 20, 30-mile weeks at, at pace and everything, that's going to train you for a marathon or half marathon better than this program is. Um, going on a straight powerlifting program um, is going to get you stronger than this program is. But what you will completely sacrifice one or the other for the sake of the other one, right? Um, yeah, I've done that my entire like adult life. Yeah, right. Like uh, yeah, you, you got so, like both of us like love lifting, but have to run, and so it felt like you, you either could could do what you liked in the gym and then just get slow, uh, or be a runner and not be good at what you like doing. Um, so it's I, I'm pretty proud of this program because I think it strikes it scratches it has scratched like my own itch, right? Uh, because I don't want to do that anymore. I wanted to I wanted to run it and be strong. Um, turns out you can. It's hard. It sucks sometimes because you're definitely not going to want to run, I don't know, a 5K today after uh, 10 sets of five on squat on Monday. Like that, it's not it's not pleasant. Uh, but Yeah, I'm a day off. I got to run my 5K tomorrow and I'm really not looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, but it'll, yeah, you'll be super proud that you did it and, uh, uh, it's and, and see some pretty awesome results. Yeah, man, I'm excited for these. I'm excited to get the feedback from folks. We, we've sold a couple um, so far. And, you know, just talking about, you know, some folks are probably going to look at the pricing and think like, man, $100 for a program, that's a lot. And honestly, if, if you're familiar with purchasing program programs, it, it's really not for a 12-week program. We wanted to price this as reasonably as possible and still get it to where, you know, there's – like there's a lot of time and analysis and data that goes into this. And like Pete's put a lot into it. And so like you look at all the, the atmospherics that have built these, you know, there's, there's gotta be something for it. We can't just do it for free constantly. And we're just continuing to try to grow the business. Um, and so when you look at, I mean, I think I've spent like 1500 bucks and like books and different workout plans just over the last like year and a half, yeah. just to like learn this stuff. Well, like, you yeah. look at the time and everything else, there's a lot that goes into it. And so, that's kind of what, how we arrived at the price point. So you look at, I mean, it's 12 weeks, 30 bucks a month. It really comes down to that. Maybe that's too much and you can't afford it. And that's okay. Like once again, I, I'm not, I didn't do, launch HLE to sell programs. Um, so at the end of the day, it's not going to hurt my feelings. But what I think it comes down to is what we were talking about earlier when it's like, once you start investing in yourself, you start to take it a lot more seriously. And that's not to say you need to go with our programming. There's a ton of programming companies out there. Like, like MTI, Mountain Tactical Institute, I've used in the past. Rob Shaw does great programming. Soft Lead is, you know, all the military guys will know these programs. I I just wanted to take something that was a little more specific and tailored towards hunting. 
based on some of the models that those guys have done for great programs. And, and that's how I had the idea for the programming. And I know they've had a lot of influence on you as well, but we've just kind of tweaked it and made it specific to our customer base. And so if you make the decision that you want to, you know, spend the hundred dollars, I think it's probably going to be, you know, if you, if you get a free program offline, you don't have near as much one, those programs are usually very, very generic, right? Like we've all done those. Um, but, but two, you don't have as much kind of incentive and like drive behind it. You're not committed to it because you didn't didn't invest anything in it. Yeah. Uh, for all the reasons that we talked about at the beginning. Of the podcast, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just kind of coming back around. So I'm not going to beat a dead horse there. I mean, they're up there. It's the exact same process as uh, getting the IDN program. If you haven't gotten the IDN program yet, our Couch to Mountain, go ahead and grab it. It's free. Just check it out. Like, if you like it, awesome. If you want to keep doing that, that honestly, you could just do little tweaks um, to the different workouts. You could substitute the, you know, big four, big three lifts for the, a lot of the sandbag strength work. And, and do your own progression and like build the program out like that's a hundred percent fine we're we're all about folks just getting better um if you want to kind of take it to the next level definitely check out magni if your goal is to get that kind of bigger faster stronger and if your goal is to really train for a uh, backcountry hunt heading you know higher elevations like that's the and maybe eventually we can do another podcast like breaking down the different types of workouts and how they apply specifically to different functions uh, we're kind of coming up on an hour now, so I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But, you know, your anaerobic capacity is applicable to when you're moving under load up at high elevations. Like, that's like one of the only ways you can train to simulate the lower oxygen that you're going to have at elevation. If you're tr- coming from, like, sea level, if you're coming from a Galveston, Texas to do a Colorado hunt, it's never going to be the same, but you can still do workouts that kind of have the same, like, application. Yeah, yeah. And, like, basically... Uh, you, you push your lactate threshold up and your body responds to altitude better. Like that's period. Like, yep. Boom. Uh, that's, which is kind of, which is basically what you're talking about. Yeah. I've got a, a friend I have through Instagram, right. Came out to, to Colorado last year for a hunt. Uh, great guy. Guy's really fit. And he had a buddy with him. And uh, this is just a little anecdote. Like the buddy got pretty sick through altitude sickness. And honestly, like this guy isn't like the most physically fit in the world just based on um we'll just just take it at my word and so like <laughs> you know great dude i'm sure he, he gets around and does a lot of great hunts coming from the midwest but when you get to you know pete and i live at you know six sixty two hundred feet and then we're at the bottom of the fucking plains you know like, <laughs> yeah. there's a fort there's a 14 or you know 10 miles away from us i was hunting elk i was up nine between nine and eleven thousand feet um, and that was shitty for me and I live at 6,000 feet. So if you're coming from, uh, you know, sea level or, you know, 1500 feet or, or whatever, and then you're going to these extreme elevations to try to chase elk or go after mule deer or whatever, you've got to have a training program that is specifically dedicated to prepare your body for that. You're, it's still going to suck. You're still going to probably, you know, feel the effects because it's, there's nothing that's going to simulate it, but you can at least force the adaptive ad, adaptation on your body in order to not actually get to the point that you're physically ill and you have to be carried down off the mountain. That's just kind of the rationale behind what we're doing and why we're doing it. Uh, yeah, man. So to recap for everyone, we've got uh, the recently renamed Couch to Mountain program, now named IDUN, uh, which is a four-week free program, functional strength, using pretty pretty simple equipment, primarily sandbags and dumbbells. Um, 
that feeds into or doesn't necessarily need to feed into TIR, T-Y-R, the Mountain Prep Program, which is 12 weeks of the same type of programming, but that actually scales. Um, and then we've got uh, Magni, which is the Strength and Endurance Training Program um, that I used or and still use to train for strength and uh, endurance running simultaneously. Where can everybody find you on Instagram, man? Uh, you can find me at... P.W. Sunderland on Instagram. Um, and right now, um, with my recent certification, um, I'm already working with a handful of people, but I'm looking to take on um, up to three more coaching clients um, at a semi-discounted rate of 75 bucks a month. Um, I'm trying to uh, work with people that, um, and, and t- that are not completely want to be lab rats, but... Uh, that, that have goals that are in line with the types of, of training and programming that I'm trying to expand into. Uh, so hit me up on Instagram if you're interested in that. Um, and you'll learn a lot uh, uh, with me, and I will learn a lot through you as well. Thank you, man. That's awesome. I'm excited to see where, where the coaching thing goes for you. I think you definitely got the uh, – got the mind and the personality for it. I got, you you kind of know when to push. You kind of know when to encourage. Like you've got to, and this, we didn't talk about this, but this is just something just knowing you for the years that I've known you, you're going to be a really good, really good coach. Um, even Caroline was talking about when she's after the baby, having <laughs> you coach her on some uh, postpartum stuff. So we'll see how all that goes, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, go check out the programs. Everybody that's purchased anything over the past you know, week uh, since the drop on Saturday. I just want to say, I think from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I've been blown away by the amount of support and the feedback and everything we've received. It's been absolutely awesome. Blew away all my expectations. Uh, we did 30% better than what my goal was. We doubled what our previous uh, best day ever was. Like, it, it's just incredible. And um, I, I really just cannot thank you guys enough. Um, you can follow us at Huntlifted Official. If you want to follow my personal page, it's at luke.d.cox. Uh, please, if you're enjoying this podcast, drop us a rating and review. Um, I talked about it uh, last week, but it, it's really important with the algorithm with um, with Apple and Spotify to get suggestions and people get to see us and our exposure goes up with the ratings and reviews. It's not just about listens. Having that interaction and that feedback is, is key. Plus, we just love the feedback. We love seeing them. We love hearing about it. Uh, keep the feedback coming. If you guys, we run, we'll probably do a listener question episode coming up in the next couple of weeks. So uh, definitely keep a look at it. I throw the questions up on Instagram uh, on our story and we've gotten some awesome ones over the past uh, couple. So keep those coming. But as always, I appreciate the hell out of every single one of you. Thank you so much.